Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. And follow me, Scott Fontana, at Scott underscore Fontana. And as always, you can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everywhere you listen. Really recommend it. I, I highly recommend this for you. And as always, we're going to talk judging in MMA. So make sure you're brushed up on that criteria. So Dan, we are recording separately today uh, by virtue of, uh, well, the Giants just kind of went a little too late for me to get over to you in time. Yeah, I mean, I figured uh, you could have wrote that story in the first quarter and it, that'd be be it. Yeah, pretty there's, much. There's not much left to it. Mm. Well, they, I mean, they continued to be terrible, so there was more to say. I guess. <laughs> I guess. But Football didn't go our, either of our way this uh, this weekend, my friend. So we, we can commiserate on terrible football. On to next week. At least I get the opportunity to play against the Cardinals to redeem ourselves. Yeah, that's so. see, that's not fair. You actually get like a real nice soft landing. And <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't get that. I have to, <laughs> we have to play the the, the freaking Saints next week. Yeah, another tough division game for you. It is, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing them because I like to play the Saints, but also I would prefer to play the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, so there's that. Cardinals had their best game of the year anyway. So yeah, they, they're terrible in a loss. <laughs> They are very bad. They will be super bad. But we're not here to talk about football. We're not? No, we're not. Oh, fine. Whatever. There's more shocking than the Giants losing 40 nothing. Debatably. To me, was Sean Strickland winning the UFC middleweight championship? Oh, I don't know. I think we all predicted this. I remember <laughs> distinctly saying on last week's episode, Sean Strickland is going to destroy Israel Adesanya. You know I said that. Yeah. Don't check the episode to verify. <laughs> Just take me at my word. I'm in shock, and I want to take everything back. I, you proved me wrong, dude. You... No, in all seriousness, yeah, he he totally he made me look silly because I really did not see a, a path for him to win. Especially like every you know, you got to give everybody that puncher's chance, right? But like, you didn't think the puncher's chance was going to be um, necessarily a very even even a very high percentage look against Adesanya, and sure enough. Not only was it a, not a puncher's chance, but he really just took it to him for almost the entirety of five rounds. Save for second round, he more or less just gave away to Israel Adesanya. That, the one stat that ended up getting posted is he only landed like 11 out of like 100 head strikes. That's kind of crazy. He really wasn't looking for it, I think, was the weirdest part. I mean, he was he was definitely trying to punch up there, but like he wasn't committing to it in the same way. He was like he was mostly content to just try and like kick the legs and you know maybe go for the body a little bit too but it was it was a lot of you know the the middle and lower regions and you know that those are very good ways to try and win a fight but it wasn't working and it wasn't adding up to anything that would work later we weren't seeing some sort of building up to something later with Adesanya we were watching him fight in a way that wasn't effective enough and slowly and steadily by the time we're at the end of round four, we're like, there's no way Adesanya can win a decision. Was, I mean, I thought rounds three and four, in, in retrospect, really just three, uh, were closer. But it doesn't matter. Like, this was not this was not a fight that looked like Adesanya was in it. Mm-hmm. It was. I don't know where he was. It was It was strange to see that. Like, I don't know if he wasn't hyped for the fight or if Sean just took it to him. Maybe you didn't expect to be going backwards for 25 minutes. You know, there's a billion... Know factors obviously it could be it could be a billion reasons you know it's 
there's been speculation out there like maybe he's just a little too active and needs to give himself some time for once and I think I've started to subscribe to the idea that, yeah, maybe he just needs to take a little time off. He is very, very, very active for a championship level fighter um, in modern mixed martial arts. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I suppose. I know you love that, but it eventually uh, it kind of can catch up to you. Strickland's, Strickland's just as active. Sure, but it's not the in same. He's, you know, Strickland is fighting Nasruddin Imovov and Abus Magomedov, whereas Israel Adesanya has fought everyone who's the best after him at middleweight for years for four years now yeah he's had like what 16 fights or something since he came along in the ufc in, fi- in five years yeah um I'm, i'd have to look it up yeah but... i think it's 16 I, th- I read that uh somewhere before all right so well, if you read it then it must be true yeah i mean i, I was trying to confirm with you because <laughs> oh, i didn't, I I didn't confirm it myself i don't have it off hand i just how, took how it about I, how about you stall how about we stall for time? You do a song and dance, and I'll figure out the answer for you. Just, just do, just do a tap dance for me. Da 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 da. <laughs> yeah, sixteen. Yeah, he's thirteen and three, and he's also one and two in his last three, or four and three in his last seven. Mm. All right. For what it's worth. Now, two of those guys are larger men. You know, he lost to Alex Pereira. He lost to Jan Blahovich up at weight too. Um. Sean Strickland is a former welterweight. He is not a small guy by any stretch. I think he's probably really just a, a middleweight. He really is just, that's his division. But he's not a large guy, so it's not like somebody just outsized him or something like that. It, he just didn't look right. He wasn't in the fight. He wasn't doing the things that we're used to seeing. There was no sort, like, he wasn't like some sort of striking virtuoso that we've talked about and heard about and, and had told to us a billion times by, you know, Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier and all these people, you know, it's not, that's not who showed up the other night. No, definitely not. It was, a, like, I would say it's worth showing for sure that so we've seen. What, what I want to know is, what do you think of the idea that maybe we, did we miss something about Sean Strickland? Like, what, what, what is it that we missed about him? Like, because it can't just be that Adesanya just wasn't there because Strickland did deliver. Uh, what we missed was Strickland is very good at what he does, which is throw a jab and a right hand, which we yeah. watched for, for 25 minutes. And what t- what blew me away was the start around five, they got a close up of him. And it's like, I don't know if this guy's even sweating right now. He was, it was looked like, like he was just sparring out there. Like well, he, he doesn't, he, he, he really do doesn't like waste, you know? That's one thing about him that kind of strikes me is like he's not out there doing anything unnecessary. He he gets out of the way really well. Uh, what I noticed, and he really doesn't. He didn't really care what was coming back at him. So it it could be true what he was saying in the post fight that he felt like he was fighting an amateur. Like he didn't understand what the big deal was. Maybe uh, he he just went. To, he just kept walking forward, punching him. It was I was shocked. But not only that, like Strickland isn't necessarily known for the most powerful of punches. Like obviously he he hurt. Abus Magomedov earlier this year. And, you know, I think we already spoke a while about uh, a while ago about the fact that he kind of was overmatched. You know, Magomedov really didn't deserve to have that fight. You know, it was, it was mm-hmm. a little lower in standing for, for Strickland to really be taking at that point. So the fact that he did it to him is not really surprising to me. But but Strickland to do it here where he's landing and when he's landing, a lot of them are real crisp lands. And it's not just like, oh, he's touching him, you know. I know it's middleweight and they're getting bigger, you know, it's not just like down at bantamweight, but um, even though those guys can hit hard too, but it, it was definitely 
it was definitely a harder punching Strickland, a more committed striker Strickland, I think, to his power than I think we've really seen. Do you, hey. Would you agree to that? Do you think I'm? Do you think I'm crazy here? Or? No, I mean, well, we like the the Magomedov seemed like like death by a thousand cuts, kind of. Well, Magomedov kept... faded. He straight yeah. up faded. Yeah, he, he was just he lost the first round. But, uh, Strickland, but Izzy never got hurt after the first round, so he was fresh when he got hurt. So he he did stick. He he must have put some more behind it. Cleaner cleaner lands maybe better. Mm. What what's Connor say? Precision is where it's at. Not necessarily he, he all about power. that precision. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, I guess not. Not a striking expert. I did see um I did see a video shared this afternoon. It was uh, I can't remember who shared it, but it was of Strickland watching Alex Pereira because obviously they they were doing some training, some some sparring and that kind of thing, and working with each other in the last year plus since they had actually fought and it looked like or i believe what was said is that he was trying to teach him a little bit more how to like really sit on his punches mm. and i wonder if it had anything to do not, not maybe not necessarily that specific one lesson but just the idea that hey you need to kind of put a little bit more oomph into your strikes rather than just putting them out there it, it did look different because we've we've seen the song and dance from sean strickland before we've seen him win five round decisions where he didn't look this good yeah, he does have a lot of finishes on his record, though. I mean, obviously not the the UFC not as much level, lately, not so. against the the higher level of opponent. Yeah, you know. So you're saying, uh, Pajeda and Sean Strickland shared a chicken parm. I much, don't understand. Much like uh, Wells and Volpe. Once Volpe had that chicken parm, changed his stance just a tad bit. He oh, started, this is a Yankees reference. What he are you doing? started raking a little bit. Dude, the Yankees so, aren't even going to win and get the 500. What are you doing? Well, that's what it is. They shared a chicken parm. <laughs> All right, I think I think we need to move on. Um, the the other question I want to ask about Asanya though is is his best work behind him? Do you think? I don't know if it's behind him. I just think we can. He's not the next coming of Anderson. No, I, I never thought that. So, necessarily. I mean, a lot of people did. I know it's, it's so, just a narrative. I think I think that's one of those things the UFC is always going to try and do is put out there that hey, let's compare him to this guy that you might remember as being really great because he could be great too. And now you don't watch Anderson, but now you can watch this guy and. Maybe we'll just make you forget about that other guy before. Like they do it with, they did it with Walter Wade with, you know, Kamara Usman. Like, is he going to be greater than, than George St. Pierre? And it's like, no, sorry. This is not a disrespect to Kamara Usman, but George St. Pierre did some freaking amazing things in this sport that are going to be really hard to equal or surpass. Sometimes people are just at another level and you can't get there, but you can be pretty darn good in your own right. Yeah. Well, he's great, but. Oh, sure. No, and, uh... and. I think both Usman and specifically because we're talking about Hamada Sanya, they are great fighters and the all-time type of great fighters, but they're also very distinctly not number one in their divisions all time. It just it you can appreciate what they're doing now, but what they what was done before them by their predecessors that formerly held their belts, I just I think is next level. And we're not maybe maybe part of that is that the the skill gap has closed now. Maybe that's a lot of it. I think there's a lot better talent throughout, you know, top tens of the weight classes than there used to be. So that there is a skill gap narrowing that has happened. But, you know, Sean Strickland didn't just, you know, do a Matt Sarah. Right. You know, yeah. he didn't go out there and just land on him and quickly and, and kind of take advantage and that it was over. There's he no did fluke. that. No fluke so at all. Adesanya survived it. And then he still went out there, even after losing the next round, and took it to him. And by the fifth round, the fifth round, I thought was other than that. Like, obviously, there was that swarm in the first round, and that was the highlight of the fight. But the rest of that round, really nothing happened. I thought round five, 
was a more complete, better round from Strickland than the first round. It was weird to see Izzy. He had to know he was down. and huh? he Absolutely. Ha- he had to know he was down, and he, he didn't fight like it in the fifth. So that, was, that was weird, too. It was very strange. The, the whole experience was extremely strange. When 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 he drops out of Sonya, my eyes bolched. Like I could feel them bulge. And actually, at some point later on, they were, you know they were showing the replays, of course, of the the of the punches from different angles. And you could tell, you could see. I want to say it was uh, Brittany Palmer. You can see her eyes bulge out too when it happens. She's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> now was she like surprised that it happened, or just surprised that it happened because it was a fight? And I don't know. But it, the the reaction she gave was very similar to the way I felt. <laughs> yeah, I I avoided sport. I was working. Uh... So I had to watch later on. I didn't get to watch it as it happened. Yeah. Dealing drugs. I was dealing poker tournament. And the only thing I had is one of our group chats. You you sent the gift that said, did we just see that? Did that yeah. just happen? And yeah. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I got an idea of what happened. But <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm, I, I'm turning off social media and then I'm just going to go watch the event. Yeah. And uh, I said, oh, did that just happen? So. It it took a while. Like honestly, like as it happened, I'm I'm still like stunned and flabbergasted and all that. And you know, you saw several people on social media. I think this actually broke something in the mind of Caposa because he (laughs) he was having a lot of trouble accepting this. (laughs) I'm just cracking up. I'm like, I think it really broke Caposa. You know, we couldn't understand a world in which Israel Adesanya got taken pillar to post more or less by. Sean Strickland of all people. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as a whole, as a fan base, we just got, we just, we slept on Sean Strickland a little bit, I suppose. The, I mean, that's so, at least part of it. I think the other part of it is, yeah, we didn't necessarily expect Adesanya to not look like this, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's both. I, I don't want to take away from Strickland mm-hmm. in this particular area, mm-hmm. um, very specifically this particular area, <laughs> but. There is there is the component where Adesanya like he just didn't fight right. He just he didn't fight yeah. like what we're used to. So I, I, it's a combination of both. It was a perfect storm. It happened for him. They want to do the immediate rematch. It, I unfortunate don't for Drakus. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Dana's Dana wasn't keen on it anyway. You know how he feels about people who pass on you know opportunities yeah. and stuff. So it, apparently he was hurt. But you know Dana sometimes just gets in a mood. And he's like, I don't like this. It's over. This guy sucks. Finished. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's going to be next. I, I think it'd be smarter. What I here's what I would actually do. I would say Sean Strickland versus somebody else. It could be Cannoneer. It could be the winner of Costa and and uh, and Chimaev. It could be it could be Duplessis. That's fine with me too. Do that, and then after that fight, Adesanya fights the winner for the title again. I'm I'm okay with that. I I don't think it's necessary because. We're talking about, again, somebody who's actually lost two out of three title fights now. But if you want to do that, I think it makes much more sense than just having Adesanya fight again four months from now to fight the same thing. It's it's just give it a rest. Yeah, but just give it a rest. I agree, actually. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Quick note before we get into contested rounds, which this was not a controversial night um, in any way from the scoring perspective. So if you were looking for that, uh, please keep listening. But you may not be happy that there's not like, you know, a big, you know, no one's calling for the judges heads. So we, can, oh, we they're can't not, talk, we can't talk anybody off a ledge. What's up? They're not calling. I didn't see that. I might be. Oh, 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 I won't be. Oh, all right. But I might be, <laughs> but you might, I won't be. So stick around and listen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this, this was, of course, this was in Australia. Um, 
we have noted some statistics that point to Australia being a little further behind on the whole with their uh, officials in judging fights at the UFC level compared to other regions and, and, and areas of the world and that kind of thing. Um, how do you think they did overall before we get into the actual round? They're fine. Did a good job. I, I thought it was a pretty solid, non-controversial night in Australia, and we just don't get a whole lot of that. Or I guess it was an afternoon in Australia, but a morning and afternoon. But, you know, for us it was nighttime, so that's what counts, because America. Yeah, those, I think they got to do Sunday twice, those judges. Wait, what? They got to do Sunday twice. What do you mean they got to do Sunday twice? What yes, when they, during the event was Sunday in Australia. Yeah. And then when they fly back to the States or the UK, they get to do Sunday again. Assuming so. assuming they flew back uh, the next Unless day. Unless they flew back a day later. Yeah, possibly. But still. And not the ones who live there because they live there. No, they get, no, the ones that live there did Monday the day after. But yeah, it, like you said, it was it was kind of a mix. There was, there was uh, we had some American officials. Well, one American official. We had Eric Cologne. We had some UK officials from, with David Leatherby and uh, Mark Collette, right? Um mm-hmm. And then I believe the rest were were locals. We had Cle- Clemens Werner, wasn't he on there? Oh, Clemens Werner, yes. Yeah. Excuse me, yes, you're right. Clemens Werner uh, from Germany, yes. So yeah, there was there was an international flavor here that that probably helped a little bit to have more uh, international judges mm-hmm. flown in than I feel like normally we have in Australia. But that's a good thing. I mean, it's not that they need to replace the Australian judges, but I think the more they can work alongside of experienced judges. It makes sense to me that things can be rubbed off, connections can be made, people can learn things from one another, and hopefully the quality of the judging overall improves in general anyway. So yeah, it was nice to see, and, and you know, we didn't have a very controversial night uh, as it was. We also had a pretty solid rate of unanimity. 20 out of 25 rounds were unanimous. No 8-9 splits, so we're all just talking about uh, five contested rounds of who won. And weirdly enough, we're only talking about three fights. Two of them were unanimous decisions in which all three scorecards were the same number, but we had different rounds that got flipped by one judge or another judge in the other fight. So we've got five rounds to discuss, Dan, and what, what do you want to lead with? Well, as long as you know they're unanimous, Scott. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Some Someone decided to uh, correct me. Well, not correct me, but but to, I guess, educate me on what unanimous means. <laughs> On social media, and I I really did appreciate that they took the time to teach me what that, that word means, because uh, well, yeah, there's just no people are stupid on social. Media. Yeah, all right, let's let's start with uh, Radke and Blood Diamond. Okay, all right, Charlie Radke, uh, who, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he made some friends in Australia. Uh, he was ready to go. People need to stop talking. Sometimes. Hey, good for DC to just walk out. That was great. <laughs> He's he, like, all right, he, see you later. <laughs> Both times, because it happened twice with another person who's in contested rounds today. We'll, we'll mention them later. But, yeah, so let's start with Charlie Radke, who, yes, he got the win over Blood Diamond, uh, Mike Matheta, uh, 29-27s all around, because there was a point deduction in the third round. Um, but we're going to be talking about rounds one and three, because one judge, uh, local, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Christopher Aliendi, was uh, the out judge in two rounds, but it was enough that he had the same score. So let's start with round one of those. What happened here? Yeah, it was a pretty low output round. Uh, much of it was spent on the cage. Blood Diamond did land a solid shot early that stumbled Radke that was quickly answered by a solid shot that stumbled Blood, uh, Blood Diamond, which led into the cage clinching situation that we saw forever. Um, Diamond is landing a couple knees to the, to the gut. 
Um, when they do break, Radke, Radke lands a good shot. Diamond throws a Zohan head kick. Have you, have you ever seen the, the Zohan? He doesn't need much distance Dan, to land a head Dan, kick. Dan, I've, I've, I've seen the Zohan. Yeah. And I hate these puppies. <laughs> uh, Radke answered with a combo. I think it's a, quite a low output round. A lot of ineffective offense uh, throughout this round. Uh, I think Radke wins it. I'm not married to it. Uh, it's whatever. Play in the field. I like that. Um, I, I actually went the other way. I gave it the blood diamond. I thought that, again, I don't, I'm also not married to it. I'm, I'm married to an, uh, a woman, not a round. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I thought he landed just a little bit more effectively with the cleaner shots he was landing when they were still at distance. But, you know, you want to go the other way, be my guest. That's mm, fine. Yeah. Nothing controversial here. Round three is the other one that flipped the other way. So in, in this case, it's the same judges going um, one way and the other. We already mentioned it was uh, Chris Aliendi was the out judge. Mark Collette and David Leatherby had this first round, by the way, for uh, for Charlie Radke. And again, they're, they're both the same in terms of where they were in the majority and minority for the next round. But what happens in round three? Again, most of this round is fought in the clinch. But uh, before that, Diamond lands a head kick couple strong elbows that swell up the eye pretty good. There's a pretty good mouse over Radke's eye. Uh, Radke does have some moments. Uh, was a bit more active in the clinch this round, landing some punches this time, not just holding on for dear life. Uh, I just think Diamond was a bit more impactful. Um, so, going with him. Real real quick before we go on, I want a little adventures in D.C. Beginning of the round, he's talking about, I wouldn't do this clinching. It hasn't worked for two full rounds. Uh, after a break, due to... The low blows. There was quite a few of them. Uh, I believe it was. Yeah. Th- was it three? There was probably four or five. Yeah, but it was enough that it got uh, Blood Diamond to lose a point. Um, but anyway, DC goes. See, exa- this is exactly what I would be doing. I would be clinching against the cage, especially after I got that big mouse over my eye. It's like he said two different things in the same round. DC. I thought Look, that was funny. He's covered his bases, yeah. man. He, that way, he's never wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta play the field, right? You can't yeah. just be married to something, you know? Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I got Blood Diamond this round, 10-9. Yeah, I I also did that. I, I feel like this this round I feel a little bit more like I, I I like the round better for Blood Diamond than I do for Radke, but it's also not crazy, I think, to go the other way. Okay. It's just a little I feel like I feel more strongly about this one than I did about the first round. Okay. Fair. That's really all I mean by that. Um, but that being said. Even if we give the round to Blood Diamond, it's not 10-9, it's 9-9. Yeah. Because of the lost point. Uh, Aliendi gave what amounted to a 10-8 because of the point deduction to Radke. Um, but if if we look at it the way I have it, I would actually have ended up giving this a 28-28 and making it a draw. You had Blood Diamond in both rounds, so yeah. I mean, that'd but be yes, fine I score. Blood. I think it's fine. I, I No issue with the fact that Radke gets the win here, I think. I think it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And realistically, the guy who's landing way too many groin strikes, you don't necessarily feel good about him getting a win. So sure that this works out, but yeah, I don't know. This is blood diamond really just doesn't seem like a fighter. Who's meant to be on the UFC roster right now, uh, along with a lot of them, but um, sure. Yeah. We're not, but, gonna... but him in particular, I think that there's way too much of just, well, we have a connection it's because over. of Israel Adesanya and yeah. gets to kind of get his guys in there. It's over. Yeah, he probably shouldn't. Um, we can move on to the next fight, right? Which, again, same scenario where we have one judge who's the out judge two times, but by virtue of the way things are scored, he ends up having the same final number as the other two judges. And that fight is in Jamie Malarkey's 
20, unanimous 29-28 victory over John McDessie. Now we're talking about rounds two and three. So let's start with round two. Round two, very close round. I thought both landed solid shots on each other. I think Malarkey's probably ahead slightly most of the round. Good kicks, but then, you know, McDessie's still keeping up with him, landing some solid strikes of his own, keeping it competitive, and then he lands that big right that sits Malarkey down, and I think that steals it, puts it over for him. I didn't think Malarkey had the, a big enough lead to withstand that, so I'm 10-9 McDessie. I also am 10-9 McDessie. I think I think the damage here at the end is is what really puts you over. I think you kind of have to go that way almost. Even if, you know, the, the numbers probably lean toward Malarkey enough that it's like, okay, sure, I can kind of see it. But I, I I think you got to give that extra weight to the more impactful strikes. And it wasn't like a total shutout before then, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel I feel like I like a McDessie round here. It's not it's not indefensible to go the other way, but I do like Mac Desi, just like you. So we saw it the same way as uh, judges Mark Christie, who I believe is a local judge, uh, and David Leatherby, who I mentioned is from the UK. It was Eric Cologne who had this one for Malarkey. Um, and that scores Malarkey. No, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that uh, it's not my favorite score. I don't I don't love it. It's right. defensible. And that's really what it comes down to. It is defensive. All right. And, and who knows? Maybe the, maybe the strikes that are looking less to me on TV look more in person. I don't know. It just feels like that high point. It's not like one high point wins around, but I I think it swayed it for me. I felt pretty yeah. good about All it. All right, that that's fair. Yeah, round three. Uh, very close round. I thought this was neck and neck. Both had good offense. Uh, I think most of the impact uh, or most of the better impact is coming from McDessie's side. Malarkey's nose is busted open pretty good. Very very close round. On the impact, I'm going McDessie 10-9. I also am going McDessie 10-9. I, I, it's, this one's close. This one's close. But I I definitely liked the damage that was being put on Malarkey here. I think I feel I feel like I could walk away from this fight saying rounds two and three are for McDessie, and I'd feel very good about it. I would feel mm-hmm. good about myself and, and this score. Um, that that, I, that I'm honestly a little surprised that people weren't – not that they should have been crazy about it, but that they weren't crazy about as far as like going going nuts over the way the, the fight was scored. Because I think you can look at this one as, let's say, a more casual watching at home observer and say, well, Mac Desi should have won. And that didn't really happen. I guess the money was on Malarkey. Yeah, that's so. probably what it was, right? <laughs> it's, it's always where the bets go. But no, I'm glad that we didn't have a craziness over because it, it's you can get to a malarkey win it's it's totally defensible but i i just i feel better about mcdessie having won this one and it would have been better if he won i think in my opinion but mm-hmm. what does that mean though because eric cologne was the out judge here and if, even though i didn't see the malarkey score as much in round two we both sided with him in this case what does that mean for judge cologne couch side override uh, that that will only make its way to South Jersey if uh, uh, if they convert to the uh, the Taylor Hamways. Okay, we're holding it hostage. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the, I refuse to actually mail it. Not that I trust the mail service, but either way, I'm just I'm not even gonna drive it down. I was I was in South Jersey recently, and I'm not gonna. We're not even gonna try. <laughs> admit admit what it's called, Taylor Ham. Yeah, Taylor Ham. <laughs> and I, and I, and I want like an official declaration. I'm not talking about. Judge Cologne. I want the whole state to acknowledge there's only one way to call it. All right. I'm not, it's protest. It's protest. <laughs> <laughs> we got one more round, though, and this one was the only one on the main card. Uh, Manel Cop got the win over Felipe Dos Santos. Great fight. 
This was a great day. I wonder if this got fight of the night. Oh, I didn't check the bonuses, but it, I, I, I'm pretty it sure it did. I'm almost positive it did. Um, but yes, great fight. He got the win though over uh, Dos Santos, two twenty nine twenty eights and a thirty twenty seven for Cop. But we were split on round three. Everything was looking like him at least, more, even in a competitive fight. It was still going Cop's way until we get to round three, where we start to see a little bit of a different, uh, a different complexion to the action. Yeah, I think Dos Santos, he, he, I think he felt he needed a finish here. Came out looking for it. He was landing good shots this round. He knew he needed a finish Oh, he here. knew? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he didn't actually know, but yeah, he was down. Uh, I do think it's a pretty close round, but Cop is answering the shots, and then he is landing some more of his own when he doesn't have to counter. He's landing big combos, heavy shots, getting some big reactions. As competitive as Dos Santos was, I do think it's a Cop round. It was very back and forth. Uh you can make the case for it, but uh, I'm on cop side, 10-9. Yeah, I also I also got cop here. I just felt that even when Dos Santos was landing heavy and successfully, I thought that cop was kind of better able to roll with it than when it would go the other way. Well, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying with the reactions. Like when, when Dos Santos yeah. got hit, is like you knew he got hit. He had a reset. Uh, it wasn't just back, that it was so. really yeah well it was yeah like you said it's really the, the the resetting and the fact that cop yes it would it would you could tell it affected him but also it did not get him off of what he was doing he was able to stick in there and go and i think that goes a long way with the way i interpret the way you're, you're kind of supposed to be scoring exchanges like that maybe that's a flawed uh well, way of thinking i don't know but and, and i'm open to correction but that's kind of the way i've operated on it is that yeah if, if you're able to to kind of roll with it and not just be like out on your feet, but still throwing punches. He was, he was able to really come back and, and do some real work back. And I think another example of this would be in the, uh, this, we had no split rounds in that fight. Volkov and Tuivasa. Mm-hmm. Tuivasa was landing heavy leg kicks. In round one. Yeah, especially. But Volkov, it, it, he wasn't giving big reactions. It was, he just kept firing back, smashing to the face. Sure. And it's like, I mean, I know, I know the broadcast team is saying these are heavy kicks. And they're effective, but we're and not. I don't doubt that. We're not seeing the effectiveness, so to speak, in in form of in form of a reaction. Like Volkov just eating it and just you know stoic and just keeps punching. So and it's not necessarily making him distinctly alter you know his his stance or his the way he's attacking. He, you know what if he if it's hurting him, he's masking it pretty well. Yeah, and that goes a long way. So, but that's that's to say you know to get back to this fight. We did both score this one for cop. Right. So we ended up again on the same side as Eric Cologne, uh, who was the out judge here. It was judges again, David Leatherby and Clemens Werner. They had this one for Dos Santos. Totally defensible. Absolutely defensible. Just didn't see it that way. But what does that mean again for, for Judge Cologne? Couchside override. <laughs> that you'll never see without that admittance. Taylor Ham. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <sighs> See, that's why that's why I know I could trust a judge like uh, like Dave Torelli, a nice North Jersey judge. Definitely, when he goes to the deli, he's like, "Give me that Taylor ham." There's there's nothing worse. I'm than... only assuming I've never met the judge, but I, but I can only assume he knows the right way to order a sandwich. You ever come across oh, the maybe. rare, the rare North Jersey native that calls it pork roll? Yeah, well, they're from South yeah. Jersey. But <laughs> I'm saying it's some from the north. No, 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 but like, but they, they're probably my, you know, they probably uh, migrated from the south to the north, right? Like, I got I, my buddy, my buddy, uh, he's, I grew up with him. He lives in Tom's River now. 
I don't think he orders Taylor ham, but if he did, he would call it Taylor. Oh yeah, we were talking about the Taylor ham fries at that one restaurant. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you yeah. know the one we're talking about. You know the guy we're talking about. Yeah. Um, that does sound delicious, and I'm going to make sure I get those at some point. Next next time you go to Seaside, that's where it's at. Tom's River. It's on Tom's River to Seaside. It's in it's in that whatever that road is, 35 Highway 35, I think. Pro- probably not going to be there until next year, but oh, I will. You will need to remind me, sir. I think All I'm right. going to rely on you to actually remind me on this one. I will. Yeah. But uh, but that was it for the Taylor Ham. I mean, the contested rounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, just five contested rounds. But uh, again, I don't think there's anything truly controversial. There's a few we you know felt maybe more strong than others, but also not invincible. Not nothing yeah. crazy. Um, and again, I I'm very just stunned at how subdued everybody was with regard to the Malarkey McDessey fight. Just because I think if, if there was ever a fight, I would understand where people would start to like get a little more uproarious about it it's it's when there are the bigger moments and the more clear visible damage that we had on malarkey's face compared to mcdessey and, and it didn't manifest but we might i'd have... like to think it's maturity but i think i think you're right that probably was just the money was on malarkey. <laughs> we, we might have had something if blood diamond got the nod because the visual looks like radke's winning and and also because the broadcast has already declared that it would be yeah. weird if if uh if blood diamond got the win yeah so so that's that part of it, too. The broadcast narrative really true. can shape the conversation in a very distinct way. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's what I don't know. Mm. But anyway, that's it for the that's it for contested rounds. We did have seven finishes uh, on this card, not in the main event and none of the three fights we just talked about, but just about everything else was a finish. Three KOs, TKOs, four subs for the fights end in round one. What was your favorite, my friend? Volkov, Ezekiel Choke over Tai Tuivasa. I yeah, I figured you'd go from there. the mount. That was that was pretty sick. It looked like it looked like Ty tapped twice in that. I didn't see twice. It looked like he was thinking about it at one point. Well, he, he used both hands. He taps with the right, oh, and then he taps the with the left. You know what? I did think about back. that now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now that you bring that up, maybe maybe it's possible he just did that. Yeah. It's mm. like people gotta just they have to embrace the the saying the word tap if they want to get out. Yeah. Just just put it out there. I mean, sometimes it's you can't. You know, maybe maybe your mouth is not available. Mm. I don't know. If I if I really said I want out of this, I'd make it as abundantly clear as I possibly could to a guy who needs to stop the other guy. It's different <laughs> when you know you're rolling with somebody. It's like you tap, like you can figure out a way to get their attention, but you're relying on somebody else to say, "All right, so so you got to get a middleman's attention here." So do everything you can. Tap with both hands. Use your feet. Yell. Whatever. Just do something. Get their attention. Well, Babalu didn't care. That's true. Bab- <laughs> Babalu did not, not care at all. That's a deep cut. Well, no, he he had to punish him, right? Yeah. He, he called him a, he called him an mf'er. Yep. David Heath, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Called called me an mf'er, and then he never fought the UFC. That's it. That's all she wrote. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, what was your yeah, favorite? That, that, oh, me? Yeah, I probably should say what my favorite was. Um, I mean Ezekiel was fantastic, but I I'll go another way. I I liked seeing Gabriel Miranda punish uh shane young's weight miss he missed by four like three and a half pounds or something like that rear naked choked him unconscious in 59 seconds mm-hmm. that that was good yeah that, that was, was good solid. yep that's another guy who seems like he always ends up on these australia cards but you know maybe maybe the the place on the roster isn't as um meritocrious or that's not even a real word i made that up but uh i think you get my <laughs> drift <laughs> meritocrious <laughs> Now, what's your word of the week already? I, I forgot what what uh, prescient. Prescient, yeah, yeah. 
Perky. That that's courtesy of uh, of our friend uh, Aaron Bronstetter. Yep. Yeah. Who couldn't spell it right? He got he got there, but but at least he gave you the word of the week. That was good. Yeah. Still not quite sure what it means, but I can't remember. <laughs> Look it up. Anyway, that that is it for UFC 293. We are looking ahead now to Noche UFC or no UFC. I believe that's how you say it in uh, in Spanish. Okay. UFC. So Noche UFC. Did you growing up? Didn't you grade t- like in in school? I took, learn the alphabet, right? I took Spanish. I don't remember. You learned yeah. I remember Nosotros is the most memorable word. Well, I'm thinking of the uh, I'm thinking of the alphabet. Like the alphabet was like a basic thing, but you had to learn that it was like ooh uh, no no it was a b c c d e f h h i o t k l a m a n a n y and then I then I screw up from there. I think I did all right though. That was pretty good. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and if I butchered that, apologies to uh, our Spanish speaking listeners. Um, but yeah, I'm, to get back to the actual point here. Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko, number two. We do have an immediate rematch. And this one's more justified than, you know, the potential for Adesanya and Strickland, I think. Because Shevchenko really, truly was an absolutely dominant champion. Coming off an amazing run. Um, maybe looked less dominant in, in some of her recent fights than we had seen before. But nonetheless, still a total badass dominant woman in her division. Getting knocked off by Alexa Grasso. In a fight that she was she was winning up until the fourth round, it was it was two one on the scorecards. We have this rematch here. Are you interested in this one yeah. women's one twenty five title? Of course, it's an exciting one. It's also nice that it, we don't have to pay for a championship fight. Hey. Pay extra, excuse me. We are paying for uh, ESPN. Play. Oh yeah, yeah, no, five bucks or what? It's, about, it's more than that now, right? It's ninety five thousand dollars now. It's it's quite quite expensive. Yeah, ESPN uh, yeah, now just owns I, you. I and, think it's and, a good fight. Good fight warranted rematch for sure. The odds are much, much closer. But Valentina is still coming in as the favorite, which I wanted to bring this up. I before. think probably deservedly so. But yes, the fact that there there is at least respect there on the on the odds is definitely good. Which I wanted to bring this up before. I just real quick answer. Do you think Strickland comes in as the dog, no matter who he faces next, or no? No, not no matter who he faces. I think he would still probably enter as the dog to Adesanya. Although it okay. might be a pretty narrow one, I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of like negative Adesanya reactions coming off of this. Like I feel that um, I feel against Drykus, they might make him an underdog. Uh, so I don't know. I could see that one being almost a pick him, but I mean, realistically, who looked better more recently? I would say it was probably Strickland. I don't know. Drykus won pretty pretty impressively over Robert Whitaker. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, was was what Strickland did not impressive? I know. No, it was no, finished, it was. But I, I mean, you win the more ballot. impressive because you you came away with it. Yeah, you came away from it saying, "Well, he didn't just catch him; he really right. did he, beat he, the he champ. It to him." All right, I think we went over this way too many times. Uh, no, let's go over it nine thousand more times. Uh, we are in Nevada, so this isn't a UFC Apex numbered event, though. It is not. <laughs> Noche UFC. Yeah. <laughs> It's just laughing at me. Oh. Whatever, guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so being in Nevada, we're going to have, you know, quality judging. We're not worried about that. We also had quality judging, like I said, in in, uh, in Australia. But to be fair, the main event was uh, was not staffed by any locals, which I think is, goodness, that might be a first in Australia off the top of my head. It was Eric Colon, David Leatherby, and Clemens Werner, who are some of the most experienced and, and uh, I think, top judges that the UFC likes to use. So. Mm-hmm. That was that was a different feel, but probably going to be some combination of uh, what Sal D'Amato, Derek Cleary, 
and uh, I don't know, Ron McCarthy or somebody like that. That's just my guess. Yeah, probably some, maybe. It's somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't know who's actually working it, but hey, maybe I'm right. We'll see. Um, other fights on the card. I don't love the rest of the card, save for really just one fight. You, you put another fight, but I, I'm looking forward to obviously the Kevin Holland against Jack Della Maddalena fight at 170. That's a really good fight. And I think it's going to be more telling about where Jack Della is than his last fight, which was a very last minute, weird put together fight, right? Yeah, that should be fun. Um, I think that I, I do think there's a couple decent fights here that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think Jack, I don't think it's gonna be a terrible card, but yeah, like the one I really want to see is that. Like I think Tracy Cortez and Jasmine Jusuda Vicious should be all right. Um, sure. Roman Kopilov and Josh Fremd is what I'm looking forward yeah, he, to. Yeah, that was the fight I almost put down. Except then I saw middleweight and I said, well, maybe not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just because I want to see how he bounces back from a loss. Raul Rosas Jr., the 18-year-old Dana Project. Uh, against Terrence Mitchell. See, see how, he, okay. how he bounces back from a loss. So. Right. You know, I'm actually going to put down Rosas and uh, Terrence Mitchell as my most likely for contested rounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm, I'm going kind of kind of gutsy here because I don't necessarily feel confident in it. I'm just I'm trying to go a little out of left field on this pick necessarily. Okay, I'm going with Josephine Knutson and Marnik Mann. She uh she was yeah. just on con- she was just on contender series. She didn't get the contract, but somehow she she found her way into a late replacement fight. So you mean that she was a, a human who was available? Yeah, maybe yeah. she did get a contract. That's actually, kind of how the UFC sure. tends to do it. I don't know. Six and zero. Oh. See what she maybe she. I think she might have actually got that. I can't keep track of all the contracts it gives out. Um, that's why I don't watch whatever. them. I, it's like I'm gonna see these guys when they win in like a week, anyways. But the thing is, the the best is when DC's on commentary. He's he's very you know, strict with the contracts. And then Dana gets up there and he's like... <laughs> he's got some very distinct yeah. ideas. He's like, no, nah, that's, that's not a contract. And next thing Dana's like, yep, bring it on up here, kid. You're in the UFC. <laughs> so, I wish DC was in charge. DC always has very distinct ideas about just about everything, doesn't he? <laughs> he's a fascinating human. What a, what a takedown is, how you win a round, who's getting the contracts... And then he's got two ways that he can go about it. See, this is what I would do in this situation, yeah. except maybe I would go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Good old DC. All right. That does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again next Monday to break down this card and all the rounds that go with it. Yeah, we can do that. I have nothing else to do. Maybe we'll get that perfect card we've been seeking. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. Thanks for listening. Take care, y'all.